You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblings Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I ain't got no AKAs because we got a lot of shit to get to. So I will throw it on over to the other half of the show. What's up, niggas? It is Candace. Um, I don't have any AKAs just because I want to be sure to say happy holidays, but also welcome to hell, Giselle. Mm. Um, that first part of the reunion beat your ass. Is Jamal My- coming? Uh, no. Of That's course not. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's what you deserve, bitch. Anyway, we are joined. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome we are- to hell, Giselle, bitch. It's what you deserve. It's gonna be a long rest off from the season, bitch, because you're never gonna live it down. Mm. And I can't wait to get to to Potomac because, bitch, Mm. your fake boyfriend, ex-husband, baby daddy um, got on Facebook Live and embarrassed you even further. To say a whole bunch of fucking nothing. And I want to talk about it, bitch. And I hope that you cried yourself to sleep in your uh, every hue defunct beauty uh, foundation that you had left over from every hue of pu, every hue of we closed. <laughs> it's the pandemic, girl. Shut the fuck up, blind. I still been buying all my makeup during the pandemic. It's you. It's your hue. It's defunct. <laughs> the hue, the hue of bullshit. That's what it is. The hue of failure. It's ugly. Anyway, we have a Okay, guest. sorry. Because <laughs> I could get ready to go all day. Come on, Tia, girl. Come on in the door. I was about to say, girl, that's your <laughs> cue. Oh, my bad. Hey, y'all. This is uh, Tia. You, know, you may know me from Twitter as T the Gem. And on Instagram, is Tia the Gem. And the only AKA I have is the Man Hater 2020. And I'm out. That sounds about right Very for fair. you. Very fair. Sounds about right for you. Um, few network announcements. The newest episode of Ratchet Reloaded is out, and boy, did we act a whole donkey ass fool! Because when I edited that shit this morning, I just could not believe how bad we talked about them folks. I mean, it's I just cannot be. believe that we said Chevelle head was so big to have all that goddamn empty space for being stupid. Um, I mean, it's what she deserves. It's true. It's true, and that's what matters. Um, we don't lie. <laughs> we also put out the second episode of the Flawless Noise Media Network Roundtable Talks. Um, we had special guests, uh, Deja Ali, a.k.a. Brains and Buns, a.k.a. one half of the bad and boozy ladies um, come through and just shoot the shit for us as we prepare to wind out the year and head over into 2021. If you haven't, um, subscribe to the Patreon. 
I believe is worth every dime. And I think you will too. So let's get started. Let me pull my notes up because I got notes and shit. Let's head on over to, we'll head on down to Houston for Ready to Love, Last Resort, Season 3, Episode 9, Second Chances, Second Choices, Second Chances. Um, The host, I can't never think of the nigga name, Uncle Tommy. Yeah. He challenged the men. He asked, he challenged the men to be more vulnerable this week. He also challenged the men to spend some quality time with the women who may not have been their first choices. And so Jay and Edwin went on dates with um, their second choices. And Jay went on a date with Winter. And he finally makes it perfectly clear to her that while he likes her, he don't like her how he liked Joy. And Winter is on this date begging for a kiss. You shouldn't have to beg no man to kiss you. Correct. Either your breath stank or he not that into you. <laughs> that was really the yeah. Ooh. That was really the option. She like <laughs> <laughs> she like Jay. Why you never kissed me? He like <laughs> he like I'm gonna give you what you want and kissed her on the cheek. Mm. <laughs> Imagine getting us that nigga gave you the kiss version of a church hug. Yeah. After um, you begging for a goddamn kiss. You begging to get tongued down. And that nigga hit you with the church lady kiss. Um, but I think at that point, Winter realizes that she's not Jay's first choice. She's never going to be Jay's first choice. And she needs to devote some time to the other men that are choosing on her because it's clearly not him. AKA, use a dating show like Today. a damn dating show. Use a dating show to date. Okay. Um, as for Joy and Edwin, it seems like they're at a point where Joy wants to help him more than love him. And that's scary to me because he's showing a lot of red flags and they're treating it like it's so endearing and he's so vulnerable. But this nigga is saying I'm emotionally fucked up and love me anyways, even though I could tear you apart. And I don't like that. Get your I'm, ass in, get in I'm, therapy. I'm glad we all on the same page because I like he said that shit. My 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 flags went up like, oh, this nigga, this this nigga is basically like some toxic R and B ass shit. Like I'm fucked up emotionally inside, but love me through it anyway, baby. No, nigga, you need to be in somebody's goddamn therapy. You need to be on somebody's couch. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or your own because um, or your own because pandemic. But virtual therapy, nigga, you need to be talking to somebody. Exactly. Um, but you're then, not ready to love right now. You're ready to be on a guy in somebody's goddamn yeah, therapy. Absolutely, absolutely. Something is a little bit off. Yeah. Something is a little bit off, and I'm not sure what, but something is off. And it seemed like at the end of the day, um, Joy also was kind of giving Edwin the cold shoulder. She gave him a hug, like a church hug, like, "Oh, come here, baby. Everything go be okay. God got you. Stay lifted in prayer." Um, but she wouldn't give him a kiss. And I do think that she and Jay are really like the it couple here on this show. Um, they don't want intimacy from other people at this point. Um, it just is what it is. And 
Joy is not playing any games, but yeah, Edwin, go see a therapist. I really don't think you ready to love, if we was to be honest. Not when you saying shit like I'm emotionally fucked up, then why are you trying to date and form bonds with people when you know internally you ain't all the way there yet? He, what did he say? I'm afraid you won't love me for, for who I am. And I feel like that's got something to do with me and not you. Well, don't take your ass home because you just sound but, like a nigga with a case of low self-esteem. I just, I, let, let's get to the root. That's what it seems like. If you are are confident in your own self-worth, why are you looking for somebody else to validate it and and treat that love as a validation, nigga? You should be, you should love yourself. If you're in a, if you're in a a healthy mental space, a healthy space emotionally, you know that somebody will love you for exactly who you are because who you are is that nigga. Right. Um, Because you will look, you will ex- you will exude that energy, and somebody that will uh, match it and reciprocate it. Exactly. So I'm sorry, my nigga, but your um your color showed on this episode, and hopefully next week you'll be going home. If I had to be honest, I don't feel like you need to be there any longer. I feel like you took up space that you honestly shouldn't have taken up to begin with. But you know, I feel like the DJ nigga could still the radio nigga could still be there. KG Smooth, yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Um, After moaning, pouting, crying, fussing, cussing, screaming, threatening, walking back and forth, Denise finally (laughs) gets some Calfani time, and he (laughs) sets up a nice little massage situation um, that makes her feel all good, but it to me it seems like he is completely over trying to do anything with her. Um I honestly He was turned off from her previous behavior. Yeah, and I I would like for him to be honest with her about it so that she can invest her time into Anthony. But I do believe like her jealousy, her possessiveness, all that weird shit she was doing that time he and Adriana was just out sitting down talking they wasn't doing nothing crazy um she just kind of showed out and i don't think he is in the headspace to get over it now i agree Um, i agree but i do agree he should be honest with that because honestly watching that it felt like he was just doing this because the host uh the doctor told him to not because he actually wanted to yeah yeah it seems like you know denise is an afterthought at this point and he's good so yeah. yeah. Uh we switch over to Rashid and he ends up having another uh good date with both Adriana and Alex. I'm gonna be honest, Adriana is kind of boring to me. She's cute. I think that's her appeal there. She's cute. She's the youngest woman that was there on the resort. Um, but she we don't know anything about her. I can't tell you anything about her. We know what Denise has kind of been through in her personal life. We know some things about Joy. We know some things about Winter. Um, we even know some things about Alex, but I don't know anything about Adriana except the fact that she um, she curved uh, Rashid uh, the first time they met years ago. That's all I know about her. 
So yeah, I, I, I think I, her I, looks are walking her through this competition at this point. Um, she seems really unsure about Rashid all of a sudden because Calfani is showing her some interest. And I do still agree with what her friend said in that one episode um, when the friends came out that she's just attracted to Calfani. She doesn't really want to be with him. He He's just attractive. But the, the energy she yeah. has with Rashid seems like it's a lot more valuable will go a lot further than what she's doing with Calfani. But eh. um, Alex, I think Alex waited too little too late to get to know other men. And it, it it's hurting her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, when you don't treat a dating show like a dating show, this is what happens. That's exactly what happens. Um, thanks, London. Uh, it's uh, yeah I don't know I just I don't really see it for Alex she wasn't interested interesting to me when she and Brian were hot and heavy and she's not interesting now that Brian is gone I think it's just her Um, I Mm -hmm. think she while very nice a cute girl I feel like she got a lot of emotional baggage and trauma still attached to her about having these walls up and being closed off and nobody should have to be um a masonry to get the walls down to get to know you either you in a healthy space to get to know somebody and make the decision if it's panning out or not or you stay alone and isolated but nobody's gonna do all the damn work so i mean it is what it is uh, where else do we see? Uh, even though Jay played Winter with that cheat kiss, she does get some nice little chemistry going with Anthony, and they play badminton and kiss, and it seems forced. Um, it seems like she's trying to make herself feel better because Jay played her, <laughs> and she's moving on to Anthony, who is a just as a, just as attractive person. But it's not the chemistry you initially had with Jay. And you got bested on a dating show by Joy. And it is what it is. And shit happens. Um, But now I feel like she's trying to force some chemistry with Anthony. Just so she's nobody's second place. And it's showing up like that, honestly. I mean, she's second place because, again, she didn't treat a dating show like a dating show. Like, had you, had she, like, actually formed bonds with some of these men before now it wouldn't come off it wouldn't come off so forced i agree certainly agree um denise and alex end up in the bottom two denise in the bottom yet again and she's just in the bottom because calfani can't get past her her former jealous ways she hasn't proved a lot, but he's still uncomfortable, and that's pretty natural because if the tables were turned, um, I believe like they would have broken their necks to send a man home behind that type of behavior. However, it is proven that men's jealousy is oftentimes far more violent um, and far more harmful to women, so I get it. But his, him yeah. having reservations after the behavior she exhibited multiple times, 
I can understand his unwillingness to just overlook it because she has stopped for a couple episodes now. Yeah. And and then Alex leaves. She's the one woman that leaves this week. Um, a man will be leaving next week, and I hope that is Edwin. And yeah, then it definitely we'll needs see, to be Edwin. Yeah. Yeah, then we'll see what's what's left. What's left in the fire? Because who's left now? Jay, uh, Joy, Denise, Joy. Adriana, and Winter. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't, like I said, I don't know Adriana. I don't dislike her. But the other three, you know, I'm on the fence about Denise. I don't feel like Calfani is for her. Because if you have to start showing that type of energy um, it reminds me of what we said on Ratchet Reloaded when Lamar was quick to be like if I react I'm going to jail like if you gotta if you gotta let out yeah. all that toxicity like so quickly that person is probably not for you Right. and so right. I don't feel like Calfani is for Denise I feel like she's attracted to him but I don't feel like who she needs as a person is him um, I agree. So that was it for Ready to Love. It was pretty in and out. I'm enjoying that they're not dragging these episodes out. Like the episodes, they literally getting to the point. Take y'all asses on a date, send somebody home. What's that? Yeah. We, I mean, they have to because, I mean, we that we pushing towards the final race, so they, have to, they don't have time for the fluff no more. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, we're about to head to Winter One uh, Housewives Wonderland, and we'll uh, we'll kick it off with Atlanta. To which I want. Let me get this off my chest. If you hand me a check for a million dollars, snatch it back and say, "Oops, my bad. Here's the right check," and it's a check for a thousand dollars. It ain't the same. And that's how I feel about them bringing in Atoya and Drew to try to fill the void of Lanethia Leaks. <laughs> you, you, you gave viewers a thousand dollars when we had a million. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I, I like the metaphor. I like the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go ahead and say this. I. I. We are like two episodes in, and I'm already kind of pretty much over the season. Like already, this shit is so dry. <laughs> I can't even be nice about it. This shit is so dry. It's it's dry, and even after we get introduced to Latoya Ali, it's almost as though she were like a a dramatic dream. Like an uh, outspoken former stripper with a huge vocabulary, separated from her husband, looking to have a good time, and it's still dry. Yeah, it's like I still don't care. <laughs> like I, I just I don't care. I don't care about her. I don't care about Drew. Uh, I, I don't care about none of the returning ladies. Like I just I. <sighs> It is not giving me. It is not giving. Even the shade is dry. When they gave her um, a Chiron that said Candy's friend that King is stole, and it was like these grown ass women, they can have multiple friends. 
right? Was it just me or was I like, Not, yeah, I no, no, I agree shady, with you. But even the shade fell flat. Like she didn't have more than one friend on the show. I was, was I saw that was like, who the fuck in production thought that was a good idea to do? Cause that don't like that ain't shade. That's just y'all being corny. These yeah, these are grown titty ass women. These forty plus year old women. Kenya in her Candy, 50s. Candy's Snoopy in her 50s. That, yeah, Candace's friend that's so-and-so stole. Girl, who gives a fuck? <laughs> they are grown. It was weird. And then... Yeah, I just... I, I I'll say this. I'm glad this, uh, this season is going to get cut short because they had to stop filming because of COVID. Because this shit right here is... It, it ain't it. But go ahead, friend. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Exactly. Um... <laughs> We also also Latoya says weird shit like she sweat a lot. Like you, I know you ain't no Mary Cosby and had all your sweat glands and shit removed, but some information nobody needed to know but you. I was like, you sweat a lot, girl. You musty? Like what? <laughs> That's what I was like. Is you musty? <laughs> like what is what is what is going on? I am confusion. Exactly. I was just like, girl, what? <laughs> no thanks. Sorry, not sorry. We finally meet Drew as Cynthia invites her to have lunch at Kenya's and she talks about how she played in a TLC biopic and she played herself on the on the game and that their connection, her connection to Cynthia is that she's in the play with Cynthia's baby daddy, fine-ass Leon. And I was mm -hmm. like, Okay. Um, we met Drew's husband, Ralph. You don't trust no nigga named Ralph. That was her first mistake. First, first of motherfucking the all. The fuck is a, a younger listen, black man named Ralph? You know he a piece of trash. Listen, it is certain nigga names where the nigga, if the nigga had the name, you just know he a piece of shit. Ralph is one of them. I'm going to tell you, you know when, when I was watching his, watching them be introduced and she was like, yeah, he works in the tech industry, but they don't know exactly what he does in the tech industry. Remember on Kings of Comedy when Steve Harvey asked that nigga, Boogie, what you do for a living? And he was like, <laughs> computers. <laughs> and he was like, computers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody said that because... she makes in real life. Because how many times have you met somebody that's in the tech industry in the now and they don't tell you exactly what part of the tech industry they into? They love bragging that about that shit. Yeah. Hey, the that, nigga hey, in computer school. Hey, she married the real life version of Lawrence. Listen, the nigga in computer school um, <laughs> Drew, now this is the part that's going to fuck you up. Drew and Ralph have been married for six years. But they've been together six and a half years. Mm. <laughs> mm. Twelve years of jacket is, I tell you what. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well do it. Might as well do it. And they did. And then for, her for timeline the, the still don't add up because she said they dated for nine months and got married. Well, baby, nine months ain't six months. <laughs> mm. Like the math mm. ain't mathing. The math is not. Oh, math not. Drew, did you hire this nigga to be your husband? <laughs> did you? Well, they got kids together, so apparently, like they are together. But it's just weird. 
Like how you yeah. it's a difference between three quarters of a year and half a year. And if you right. dated for nine months, but you've been married six years and together six and a half years, somewhere along the way, y'all just lost three months accidentally. Like y'all dropped the whole fiscal year. Yeah. I want to tell Somebody y'all what the... Y'all need an accountant. Some, y'all need a mathematician. Something. You need a calculator. A calendar. <laughs> an abacus. Fingers. Not, not an abacus. I need a, <laughs> y'all need a balance and scale. Because the, the, the tip's not in your favor. Yeah, the scale tipping to liar. <laughs> it's, it's it's giving scammer. Well, they in Atlanta, so well. Oh, well, well, well truth that. has been told. This is true. Mama Joyce calling it covert nineteen as they celebrate Riley's high school graduate. That's the gym we needed. Being dead in the middle of a pontoon. But the, the sad part is she think that's what it's called. We intentionally mispronounce it. She really think it's called Covert 19. You know, leave it to Mama George trash ass to make me chuckle, chuckle through this dry ass episode. Because <laughs> that did make me laugh. It also made me laugh when Ty gave Riley that huge wad of cash that he probably ain't give his own goddamn daughter for a graduation. <laughs> well, you know, there is also that. <laughs> but then Mama Joyce, why Mama Joyce looked like she wanted to steal it? Uh, because she Mama did. Joyce was over there with her fingers wagging. I'll take that. Thank you. Hey, it reminded me of the intro to the Jetsons. Well, uh... Oh, with Judy Jetson? Yeah, with Judy took the, took took the whole wallet. She took the whole yeah. wallet and left Riley. That was Mama Joyce. <laughs> she left Riley <laughs> with a hundred to get some grown woman girdles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, George Jetson. <laughs> this episode was so dry, boy. We land back at uh, Lake Bailey. Where Marlo is mm. over, um, and Kenya is in her confessional shading Marlo. She said, Marlo has really fallen off, not that she was ever on. She's fallen off into the ocean into a dragnet. Um, talking shit about uh, Marlo's outfit, it kind of looked like a fishnet, but um, the call is that coming shade in was from so inside. The call is coming from inside the house. Kenya, you have aged a decade just being married to Mark Daly. You don't need to talk about who has fell off your skin dry, your hair dry, yeah, the way you true. dress and dry, your personality dry, the way you cry is dry, the way you complain is dry, the way you drive to see your divorce attorney is dry, the way you lie the about the is marriage dry. is dry, your shade is dry, your shade of foundation is dry. Bitch, you are dry. <laughs> <laughs> You really are not in any position to talk about who has fell off and you have fallen completely off to the point where you have taken to being friends with a woman much younger than you because mm. Candy where have we is, seen that is, before? Candy is younger than you. So that means Latoya is also younger than you. And for you to always have been trying to put on this good girl persona... Now all of a sudden you want to hang with recovering strippers. 
Girl, I know yeah. you fucking lying. Sit your try too hard ass down somewhere. If nothing else, Marlo has always been a, a, a good dressing ass bitch. Now don't compete where you can't compare. Mm. <laughs> mm. Then Kenya uh okay, but Marlo. Marlo. How dare you sit your ass up here and lie talking about I ain't never had a sugar daddy. <laughs> like I listen, I listen, I, I I was like, girl, I know you fucking lying to me. Marlo, that has been your whole personality on this show since your inception on this show. And I'm glad that you are a sugar baby kept by old white men. Like literally, and I'm yeah. so glad they rolled the, the, the bean footage back. Like Marlo, that should been your identity that you fuck old white men. What the fuck is you talking about? Like Ooh, you, you, you talk about can you, I bet it ain't me. You talking about can you with revisionist history, girl? You just you just burned history. The fuck do you what the fuck did you talk about, Marlo? Telling a bold face ass lie. It was a bold lie. I just turned my fuck? head, my neck almost had a crook in it. I turned it so fast when she told that stupid ass lie. Marlo, you ain't got nobody's career. Remember on the reunion when they exposed her for having that shell company? That don't, it ain't no real business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you ain't get all them goddamn LLCs by not fucking them old white men. If you don't shut the fuck up, Marlo. It ain't nothing wrong with having a sugar daddy. Shit. Just stand up in it, cause you've been standing up in it this whole time. Now all of a sudden you got, now all of a sudden you don't got the goddamn memory eraser thing from Men in Black, Marlo. Girl, fuck you. This is why you ain't never gonna be great at nothing in life. I got another reason, and I got another reason why she ain't gonna never uh, be great too. But it got real weird when Kenya and Latoya start doing some light BDSM hair pulling playing on Cynthia's couch and Mike yeah, Hill was, was like I didn't, uh, I didn't I didn't get that at all I, I I had the same look as Mike like I too like what the fuck are y'all doing uh, to my wife fiance whatever like what the fuck nigga this ain't clubhouse it, it, you know what enough <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how the moans and clubhouse sound in the moan room. <laughs> sound like somebody choking on a tic tac. They on the clubhouse chat showing feet. <laughs> they in the clubhouse chat giving moans. Uh, <laughs> word to the moan house. <laughs> Shout out Lakeith. Um, if you won, put that money back into the black community. Hit my cash app. <laughs> invest. <laughs> invest. I know you barely had that to give. <laughs> no, I know you, you I know you have more to give. This nigga, this nigga got money. Shit. Fuck that. I know you got more to give. Next time make it, next time make it 40. <laughs> Um, this was also weird. Why would you bring your husband to a girl's lunch in? Like, yes, Mike Hill is there, but he lived there with his woman and he's not gonna be with the women. So, you know, 
But why would you bring Ralph? Talking about Toya bringing Ralph? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, Drew bringing Ralph. I mean, Drew bringing Ralph. I'm sorry, I got him. Yeah, it was weird. Was not? Yeah, them two niggas just went on the got on the goddamn um towards towards the lake and shit <laughs> on the on the little pier. I mean, is he a cheater? Like this sounding like Jay Z and Beyonce type vibe. We don't we don't know yet, but we about to get to the to the itch of it because Ralph reveals that he plays a fun little he reveals to Mike Hill that he plays a fun little game with Drew where whenever they get into a fight. He literally just disappears and leaves the house for three days at a time. Like he leaves and he don't tell Drew or his kids where he's going for at least 72 hours. And Mike Kill is looking like, nigga, do you have a death wish? All right. Yeah. And then Mike was like, you just need to start talking to your wife instead of doing that shit. That ain't cool, fam. Yeah, and, but again, I don't feel sorry for Drew, a nigga named Ralph. <laughs> a nigga named Ralph. A nigga, a, a nigga named Ralph in Atlanta. Ooh, terrible combination. Terrible, terrible, terrible. combination. It, it stink. Mm. Um, <laughs> then Marlo tells Latoya not to t- trust Kenya. Okay, and this confused me because Marlo, you are literally filming on a show where you were brought in by NeNe Leaks on multiple occasions. Y'all stopped being friends. She is no longer in the show, but it has not stopped you from getting a check regardless of how your friend feels she was treated by the show and the network, you are the last person to talk about loyalty. I mean, not yeah. only uh, not only that, that also too, but also Marlo, you don't d- use people's relationship shit against them y- your goddamn self all the time. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are we talking about? Last season, you yeah, you use yeah, like <laughs> like Marlo. <laughs> that's, that's why she's not speaking to you. Yeah, like Marlo, the call is coming from inside, like inside the weed. Coming from inside the sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the powder is coming from from coming from the sugar daddy. Exactly. Um, then Drew and Latoya are arguing about the definition of separation. It, it, sit y'all both bozo asses down. <laughs> because and it's crazy because legally legally when couples separate especially when they have kids it's because the court wants them to see if they can work out their marital differences they literally do not be like yeah go on and separate so you can get you some dick that is typically not how it works they typically require a separation period for the couple to figure out what's the next steps work through things with the kids and move from there it's literally not a well. We ain't living in the same house, so we. I'm single. You're not single because you separated. That's why you can't go get remarried because you separated. You still married. So yeah. Um. Then. <laughs> Is that London whispering? 
Yeah, she wants some water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mommy, I want some water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ralph revealed that when he left the last time for three days to go to the air quotes beach, he crossed the state lines and went to Tampa, Florida. Friend, how far is Atlanta from Tampa? Can we... Um, I want to say like... Six hours. Okay. Okay. He needed. I'm pretty sure he, six hours. He needed his ass whooped for six whole hours straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was. He played a hook out their face. He needed his ass all, whooped for six whole hours. Maybe twelve all, going and coming. Go ahead, friend. First of all, what? In what world did, yeah, right on, like so, uh, six hours and uh, 30 minutes, yeah. But in what world do you just up and leave your spouse and cross state lines because you just need to, to get away and you 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 don't know, like if, if you stay there, you don't know what you might say or what you m- might do and it's just so toxic and nigga, if you need to do all that, then why the fuck are you with her in the first place? Because he'd probably be homeless without her. Oh, uh, well, well, there's also that. Um, Shelter. <laughs> points were made. Uh, thank you, Tia. Points were made. Um, but yeah, like I, this, like the whole episode was dry, but this was probably like the highlight of the episode. Like this is what they showed, like throughout, like the clips or whatever. Yeah, like, the, the yeah, the view. way they was flashing back because it was their anniversary. Then they flashed yeah. back to the arguments and shit like this. But my thing is like, he then just say you got another family because he used that yeah. weird "woe is me" ass shit talking about. I'm building I'm a, a generation. Man, I'm under pressure. Uh, Cause the world where we came from ain't nothing, and we need to succeed. And I got to get it out of the mud. Yeah, you weird. Like you just a, you just cheating on your wife. That's all it is. Cause you can get you don't have to drive is. you don't have to drive six hours away to get clarity. You can go you can go to Applebee's and have a beer. Nigga, if you wanted nigga, you live in Atlanta. Follies is right there. Magic City is right there. If you just want to get away and see some ass being shake, shake, Magic City right there. Exactly. Full of shit. And it ain't even shut down because these niggas is losing their goddamn mind. So you could just go to Magic City right goddamn there. Nigga, you exactly. cross state lines to get away from your wife because of arguments. Boy, if you don't stop playing, nigga, you are cheating. You've probably been cheating for a while. Probably. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Yep. Ain't got shit to do with you trying to build generational wealth in the tech where you go to computer school. It ain't got a goddamn thing to do with none of that shit. <laughs> Nothing at all, Boogie. You just a cheating ass nigga. You are like, a nigga named Ralph. That's it. And that was it for this episode. Dry ass episode. They gonna have to give me something better if they want us to continue to review on this because this ain't it. We two we episodes in. This. That, then we- we, we, then we should we have. Weed. Yeah, we stretched out way more than that than we should have, to be honest. Yeah. Y'all that welcome over there, Bravo, because that shit was dry. 
let's head back up to Salt Lake City, episode six, the Sundance Queen. Um, first of all, what's with you ladies and these goddamn fake ass company? Because Google said that Shot Squad Marketing is not a company. <laughs> Jen. Computer school. <laughs> do not exist. It's not a real company. Like, I was like, okay, girl. Like, then, I did it. Y'all got. A... Oh, go ahead, Ken. No, friend, I was just going to say, then you got the nerve to have assistance for a company that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> the hell you paying them in? Monopoly money. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese tokens. <laughs> Donations. Gifts. Pizza parties. <laughs> like okay, our like, next I stimulus gonna like, be. I, mm, mm. 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 Um like I get it. Like y'all they have to put well, they don't have to, but a lot of them like you know, lie because I mean it's you know reality TV. They got to sell the bullshit. I get it, but when it's so blatantly like bullshit like that, like girl, we you do know we have the internet, right? Exactly. The internet say the shit you trying to sell us that you doing don't exist at all. And you got the nerve to have assistance for something that that don't exist. How they assist in something that they can't assist because it don't exist. Damn, that's a tongue twister. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. Right. And why is your first assistant so drunk? He was at Sundance talking about his name is Stu Chains. Jen, how much you paid these people to fake be your assistant? How much you paid them? I just want to know. Please. Because I'm, I'm not going to say a lot for the right amount of money. I, too, will pretend I work somewhere that don't exist. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Shit, yeah. Are you paying me how much? Girl, I would go and get you some espresso espresso from goddamn uh, Starbucks for this company that you own that don't exist, but I'm getting paid so mad like it exists anyway. Exactly. Because you, you know what will exist? That check in my direct deposit. That's what will exist. Hello. Absolutely. Or you gonna get your face boxed off? Cause you already look like jigsaw. Well, she does. Her face looks like a, a like stressed out airhead candy. Well, it's stressed out because she a goddamn bozo. That's why. That's why it's stressed out. <laughs> and also, she looking funny in the light with this like few with Mary because they the same type of motherfucker. That's why she looks so stressed. And speaking of, she went to Whitney's house to chill in the hot tub and tried to bring up the Mary shit. And Whitney like, bitch, nope, not today, not here, not know how, not nowhere. Whitney done told y'all old heifers. Whitney done that told y'all. I'm all about a good time. And I'm here for a Listen. good time, not a long time. Listen, Whitney done told y'all old heifers that she don't she just want to have a good time and swing on pole. She y'all not finna bother her with this foolishness at all. And I appreciate that energy. Whitney is the only one that's pretty much tolerable to me. Yeah. I agree. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we head over to Mary's to which 
this bitch live in an alternate dim- dimension. Like she is, <laughs> she's she's not on Earth because she <laughs> her she has her housekeeper Charlinda, who is her grandmother's brother's daughter, and has been her housekeeper for twenty something years. Ever since she came over to Robert's house, brought him a present, fell in love, and never left. And she talking about, I don't know nothing about Charlinda. Girl, that's your cousin. That's your second cousin, too. Yeah. That's pretty high up the blood chain. Especially for black people, because you know, first and second cousins, them basically, them basically brothers and sisters. Yeah, correct. And that's what you mostly grow up with too. Yeah, you could tell they didn't grow up together because, well, first of all, you could tell you could tell Mary didn't really grow grow up around black people because of the wigs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. But Mary, why why are you so weird? Why, Mary? What? Why is Why is Charlinda cleaning her house in scrubs? That's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scrub made. <laughs> <laughs> hey, May, I see you in your scrubs like you always. <laughs> hey, STNA, I see you in your scrubs like you always are. Did you say, you know what? <laughs> what I do? Yeah, everything about Mary is chaotic from the bad wigs to the crazy eyes. She's like a space cadet in the head, and she anti-black, so she's just a walking mess. Yeah, she mm. need to get thumped in her mouth. That's what that is. Yeah, that's what that is, and that's how you know Jen a pussy because you could have beat Jen could have beat uh, Mary up easily a long time ago, a long time and not ago. thought no more about it. Right, could have put hands on her real quick. Especially since uh, since they've known each other before the before the show, apparently, and she's and already. And they used kno- to be good friends. They used to, but we said this before, Jeremy. They just falling out, but they used to be two sides of the same coin and how they think and act. But now that one offended the other, it's World War Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because if Jen is so, you know, protective of black people and I got a black family, blah, 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 then you should have thumped Mary in the goddamn head the moment she said that anti-black shit that you already knew about. Because she probably that said part. anti-black shit, too. Uh, that part, yep. too. That part. Come on, Tia. Come mm-hmm. on through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to Justin's party. And for Mary to be crazy as Cocoa Puffs, she walked right up to Jen and they get to arguing immediately. This what weirded me out. Big bad screaming ass Jen backed down and basically lied and said she didn't make the grandpa fucker comment. Right. <laughs> and then they rolled the they rolled the footage back. <laughs> and this crazy effort was like, I was drunk and I don't remember that. I never even said that to Mary. Girl, you didn't have to say it to Mary for, for you to have said it. You said it so she could hear it. Yeah, because you said it loud as fuck. And everybody heard it. Even me. Because did, did, did we not just, did we not just like what, the episode or two episodes ago, talk about this at the, the, the met lunch that <laughs> that we just met in lunch? Yeah. Girl, we literally yeah. talked about that at this table. Now you saying you didn't say it. Girl, everybody at that goddamn table said that you said the shit. 
but you didn't Everybody. say. But again, this is how you know Jen just as full of shit as Mary is. Yep. They finally decide to squash it, I guess. Which, they, which ain't gonna happen. I, I mean, they... <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they, be, they, they gonna be backfighting. Right. They're gonna be backfighting next episode. Um, remember at the beginning of this, this season, they was talking about Meredith owning like a jewelry store and a jewelry company and shit like that. She's a jeweler. Well, finally, six episodes in, we see the bitch pulling jewelry. <laughs> um, for Park City Fashion Week, well, she'll be walking, and Brooks will be showing his line. And I use fashion line very loosely. Very loosely. Yes. It's giving. It's giving me she by Sheree. There's no fashions. Yeah. None. It's, it's, it's none. giving me Hannah Montana collection. It's. <laughs> it's giving. It's giving me that so raven um extras wardrobe. That's what it's giving me. It's giving Certainly. me for men. Say it again to you. Giving me fashion nova for men. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cracker nova. Oh, yeah. 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 It's giving me ain't nobody buying this shit. And, and it's giving me it's giving me Brooklyn Express. Because ain't his name Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go call it Brooklyn Express. That's what those boutiques do anyway. They shop one for AliExpress and then make a profit. Yeah, that, 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 that's all Brooks do. Brooks do it. The boy, uh, uh, Brooks, I, you just, ain't nobody buying this shit, Brooks. <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody, I'm not, nobody cares about that. Like, it's terrible. Like, it's yeah, ugly. Like I was like, what is this? Tube socks from Walmart. Oh. Like Brooks, okay. I can I can go I, if I wanted to, I could go to Mace the Mace's clearance right right now and get like 10 outfits for like $90 that look better than this shit that you got. I'm trying to tell you. Niggas could just buy some Levi's. That, and a polo niggas shirt. could just buy some Levi's. Yes. And a polo shirt. What is Bravo's end game with Brooks? Because he's uninteresting. His voice is annoying. He has no personality. Wonder, no yeah. Parents. Okay. We on the same page. Not even that. What's they deal with um, allowing everybody but the women to be in a confessional on this show? Why is Brooks doing confessionals? Why are the men doing confessionals? That's not a part of the show. Like you own, but you ain't on. I don't get it. I'm not right. impressed. Um, and even I kind of usually oh, go ahead. No, I I just didn't care for Brooks after the whole she made me uncomfortable shit, and he like overhyped it. Yeah. Like usually when somebody they have somebody um like on the show if they if they give them a confessional they get at least give them a confessional with someone that's actually a cast member. Yeah, that's true. That's real true, Jeremy. Uh, Seth in Grand Fashion will not be there front and center for Brooks' uh, air quotes fashion show debut, um, citing that he's going to be working and his work couldn't be put on hold. And uh, Meredith is all mad and nobody cares. His dad is like, I don't want to look at the ugly shit. <laughs> Truly. He like you've been showing me the sketches. Fuck that shit. All right. 
His daddy like, ain't no beautiful gowns. The gowns are ugly. Ain't no gowns. I would have preferred that. <laughs> well, than seeing a bunch of niggas, than seeing a bunch of men in charades, old joggers cut up. <laughs> Those shits is ugly. Spring, like summer. I don't know Pana, what Brooks Pana had summer. going, but I don't 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 let it go again. Keep it to yourself <laughs> in your pocket, yeah. Yeah, where nobody can find mm-mm. it. Never say it again. Never say it again. Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, my love. Um, That crown for the Queen of Sundance, might it be a toy crown? Because it didn't <laughs> look like you had shit popping that Sundance. It looked like you, shut up, you set up shopping at TGI Fridays with sheer curtains around it. <laughs> it wasn't packed. Niggas wasn't wall to wall trying to get in to the hottest party. And then you did all of that and was ignoring FaceTimes from your kids. You a diabolical bitch, baby. You said, fuck them kids. It's all about (laughs) Sundance. We can dance. I'm willing to dance with anybody but my fucking kids right now. (laughs) Dance the night away. As long as I ain't got to see my damn kids. I was like, okay. Yeah, that, 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 that crown was definitely giving me McDonald's uh, kids prize. It, it certainly, it didn't do nothing for me. I was like, this party is not hype. <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers just came by because they didn't have shit to do. Not, not because they actually wanted to be there. Exactly. And then we go to this uh, why every house Lisa th- why every house uh Jen throw is at her part is at her house. Baby, you can't rent no venue. Mm. You just always <laughs> gotta have random motherfuckers walking in and out your goddamn house. Mm. If you broke, baby, giving, just say that and stop it's, throwing it's, parties. It's, it's, it's giving broke. Yeah, because you got Lisa throwing uh VIP parties at Chili's and you throwing VIP parties in your living room, baby. It's giving broke. I don't like it. You throwing parties for other people at your house and making the party that you throwing for other people about you. You bored and lonely. Mm-hmm. Shafid, Nafid, Nahid, Tahid, whatever your Muslim husband name is, that nigga must don't be home a lot. Gosh. Hell, he probably, shit, he probably be away, to, away from her so he don't have to deal with her goddamn crazy ass personality. Or look at her face. Uh, <laughs> That also, t- mm. yo, that chin looked like it could cut through granite. <laughs> she ugly. Real chins of Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the show title. Heather <laughs> like got that chin too. Mm. I mean, it, it applies to everybody. Said Whitney, Whitney, the only one that looked worth the damn on this show. Good-looking cast member on this show. A sin and a shame. Whitney, the only good looker with everybody is ugly. Live. Yeah, real chance. They either ugly, they got crazy right eyes, or both. Definitely both. Definitely both. Because I, because uh, Mary, because like when Tia said that, that was funny, but Mary ain't the only one with crazy eyes on that show because Mary have got them goddamn serial killer eyes too. 
Her face uh, Meredith crazy. looked crazy. Lisa got crazy eyes. Um, Heather looked like Heather Arnold looked like she always gonna cry. <laughs> they are all <laughs> very. Yes. Uh, they Heather's self-esteem group of women. Like, in the trash. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, she said Heather's self-esteem in the trash. Speaking oh, of, she it match your face. Um, Lala, I watched the bunch. I used to watch the Vanderpump Rules a little bit, and Lala and Katie showed up for Jen's VIP experience for her cousin or whatever. And they tell Heather to stop stop crying and actually get laid. Um, a nigga named Curtis. (laughs) (sighs) We only we only acknowledge one Curtis, and that's the one that helped found this network. The rest of you niggas can go because. Heather is weirdly flirting. First of all, don't weirdly flirt with me, bitch. Flirt with intention. Flirt like you after this dick. Hello? She being awkward and strange and looking stupid and sounding goofy. And Curtis just standing there like, bitch, do you want some of this black dick or not? It don't have to be all of this. Let's get the fuck up out of here. And I feel bad for them because they leave together and it's likely going to be some dissatisfaction action. So it's just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's his his own bad for flirting with white women in the first place. Yeah, you ain't had no business. Well, well, they they don't really have a big black population out there. So it seems on brand to me. You know, at least an attractive one, because she built like a <laughs> she built like a ring light. Uh, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> you get on my fucking nerves. So take the hot take setting your, or the warm setting. <laughs> the the yes. natural light. Take my picture, bitch. You just is out here dumb. Brooks she has a meltdown. Bad. Yeah, she man, what she built, she built like a box of shit. She, her body is the same shape as Chevelle head. All right, that's enough. Let's just move on. Wow, that's that's enough. Brooks has a meltdown. Get to the venue, and Seth is sending some weird videos, sounding like Doctor Seuss on some one two buckle my shoe. Your fashion show, your fashion show, <laughs> cuckoo, kachoo. Nigga, nobody cares. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't even nobody. care about your own son's fashion show, boy. Nigga, Leave you in the home. airport mad late. You knew when this fashion show was. Nigga, keep all that shit to yourself. Oh, ass nigga. Talking about one, two, exactly. three. You got me. Like, nigga, shut up. You are a grown ass man. No, I don't want ham, Sam. I am like, boy, <laughs> fuck out of here, <laughs> Sam. I am, Sam. I that am, Brooks. These fashions are sham. Listen, no, ma'am, <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> a scam, a scam. God damn, god damn. <laughs> 
that's from H and M and M. I seen it there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> we ain't shit. <laughs> we ain't. It's about to get worse. Cause let's get ready to rumble, boy. Oh, let me let me sit up for this. <clears throat> I've been waiting for this. Let me sit up. <clears throat> the real Housewives of Potomac. The reunion part one. The bodying. Who in the fuck ran over Robin's wig before they put it on her head? Those is tractor trailer marks. Somebody went dirt biking on that wig, Robin. It was not fetch. It didn't look good. It wasn't provocative. It wasn't fashion for it. It wasn't out the box. It, it looked like somebody head. took your wig and wiped their ass with it. And it's streaky. You and that doodle smells worse wig get the fuck on up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that that stuff should look like a Furby in the face, but then you want to have that hairstyle too? Mm. Tragic. It's Most a, of them yellow gowns look ugly. Texas. Ooh, 90K Robin. Robin Robin. That's her name. Robin Robin. Robin Robin. Robin always robbing the IRS, bitch. You is always stealing from the government, bitch, but getting caught. That's my thing. How you stealing from the government and your fashion still trash, Robin? Don't make no sense. Usually when you steal, you look to appeal. Okay, come on through the door. You if the gloves don't fit, you must have quit, bitch. <laughs> and you need to quit. Because the fashions gowns, don't fashion. Most of those gowns was ugly. Yeah, most, most of, of them that, was, though. That was a terrible shade of yellow. And I know we talk about how amazing black women look in yellow. Um, but like any colors, all colors, and how many variations of shades in a color range there are proper colors to suit a skin tone. Nice. Um, a lot of those women on that show were lighter and that yellow just washed them hoes right on out. Mm. Yes. Washed them out. Um, the sunshine came I in. Didn't, I didn't even really care for Karen's look. Yeah, it, um, nobody really looked good. That was just like never and never had that shade of yellow again, ever. I thought Monique looked nice. Um, I actually, I like Candace's dress, even though it was giving me um, first pageant ever dress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought her hair looked really good. I thought her makeup looked good. <sighs> baby, Giselle, baby, the ne- menopause coming, Sugarfoot. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Your ankles is telling it. Mm. Baby, if your ankles is swollen, you just got to do a wardrobe change sometimes. Don't you always supposed to have a backup dress? Ain't that what you... But you ain't a bad bitch, so it don't matter. I, I was going to say, she, she, wouldn't, she, dress. she wouldn't know nothing about that. Ashley was, had on one of them dresses that, you know, it looked like if you let the wings out, you could go hang gliding. Mm-hmm. And you ugly pregnant, Pennywise. Um... It just is what it is. But the receipts, 
collated, color coded, three ring hole punched within an inch of Jesus him. Monique Samuels, everybody. She came to play. <laughs> we quickly get into, into all the bullshit though, and they do a montage of the best and the worst looks. And Giselle was on the defense early though, y'all. Like she walked in the door on the defense. That's how she knew. I feel like Giselle knew once this season started airing that she would have to prepare to get her ass handed to her at this reunion because she was defensive from the moment they even brought up the how poorly dressed she was. Talking about they only talking about it because Karen brings it up all the time. Baby, you have not been able to dress since before Karen made a beautiful mockery of it this season. Because Karen might say things here and there, but as a whole, Karen never really mocked how Giselle dressed, but everybody knew Giselle can't dress. Mm-hmm. And you're going to blame that on Karen. No, baby, blame that on them cheap-ass bedazzled shirts and hats and that PT Cruiser and shit you be wearing, driving in. Can't dress, bitch. All right, I, I I had to step away for a moment. What I miss? Where, where we at? Where we at in the dragons? That Giselle can't dress, and she tried to blame oh, it on Karen. But baby, you just uh, can't listen. The best. Dress. Listen, the best part about that was that because because Giselle does this every every reunion shit every season. Like, oh, it's just Karen. That's just Karen's opinion, nigga. And they went around the whole goddamn t- the whole goddamn room, and everybody was was saying in the in the most polite way possible, bitch. You can't dress and fucking Giselle's face. She turned into that goddamn Mr. Krabs meme. Yes, you can't. Started you can't dress. Early. They all the tag team at her. You can't, you can't dress. dress. It just is what it is. And I, and and you know what? That's okay because what it says to us is it's two types of people that can't dress. You got the Giselle Bryant's and you got the Mary Cosby's. The Giselle Bryant's, they don't spend no money trying to dress. So you get what you get. And okay. Then you got the Mary Cosby's who spend a ton of money trying to be the it girl fashion-wise and they fall flat every time. Giselle, at least you're not going broke trying to be the it girl. Baby, the, the fashions say Walmart and Kmart and it's, that's what it's giving. So you hitting the mark every time. But it's ugly. Yeah, and, and you go on it. You still a pretty woman. You fifty. You yeah. ugly as fuck on the inside. Very ugly. You a loser. You a liar. You a deceiver. Your household dysfunctional. You drive a PT cruiser. But you look good for your age, and I guess that's all that matter, bitch. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but you can't dress. And it's and it's you. It is you. And just own um, it. Like even Karen said, like just own it. Just owning the fact that you can't dress, and people will take it in stride and be endearing with it. It's fine. And and I forget was it Wendy who said that Giselle suffers from pretty girl syndrome? Yes, where it was. She's yes. so she's so pretty that she has never had to try to be the it girl fashion wise because she is absolutely that damn gorgeous. And we we have we have never taken away from the fact that. Giselle is a all strikingly beautiful woman. Puts me in the mind of 
uh, Vanessa Williams, the one that yes. was married to Rick Fox. Yes. That is who Giselle reminds me of. She is very fucking pretty. She is gorgeous, but everything else about Giselle makes her very ugly. And so you forget about her looks. But yeah, she is pretty. So it ain't never mattered how she dressed in. She was a pastor's wife. And we already know they be tacky. Yep. So it just kind of is what it is. But I do want to talk Air about... quotes about pastor's wife, but we'll get there. Pastor's <laughs> side wife. He had a real girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Side wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen admitted to having some work done, but if you've been watching since the beginning seasons... You know Karen has touched that face a little bit. And when you work $10 million, you can touch what you want. True. You do you do what you and, want when you're popping. And the nose job wasn't so bad. It, it wasn't the pointy thing that everybody getting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, it wasn't the it wasn't the Michael Jackson nose everybody been trying to get. It wasn't what Candace did to her nose. Because Candace also had a nose job, but she just refuses to admit it. Um... Ashley, I got some smoke for you because you said that as impressive as Wendy's education is, you feel like she used her degrees to put others down. Like when she told you that people like you should refer to her as Dr. Wendy. First of all, I absolutely do feel like Wendy is very classist with her degrees. However, you are the same biracial butthole that takes every opportunity when there's an argument to bring up the fact that you are rich by proxy of Michael Darby. Mm. You just do. It is what it is. You do it. You make it a fact to bring up that he is rich, thus you are rich, and don't talk to you about no fucking money. Yeah, you do. You do do that, um, Ashley. That's what you do. You did it when Candace was uh, fussing, when Candace got at you when y'all were at um, Wendy's uh, Sip and See. Yeah. And Candace was like, you're not going to be married for long. When you brought up, uh, Candace was like, you broke. And you was like, I'm married to a millionaire. And Candace hit your ass with not for long. The one thing about Candace and Ashley is it's like on the, when Kanye said, I got a dark skin friend look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> I got a light skin friend look like Michael Jackson. Yeah. We got a we got a dark skin cast member that's a super big dickhead, and we got a light skin cast member who's a super big dickhead. And yeah. y'all do the y'all shoot the same darts at people, y'all say the same shit. And the call was coming from inside the house with the windy shit. She throw her degrees in people's face and you throw your money in Michael's face. Which is why he can touch every butt, uh, allude to want to suck every dick, leaving every strip club with strippers, being in every hotel with any and everybody he want to because he got money to keep your ass and you have none. And yeah. if you leave, you're going to be headed right back to the trailer park trash with your mama and that eye patch looking like a fucking Ninja Turtle. Yeah, like both of y'all are classes, just classes about different things, but y'all both classes, so it was given it was given performative. It was very performative. Um speaking of performative, can we talk about how performative that colorism conversation was? Oh yeah, yeah but can we also talk about Giselle finally admitting that Karen never called Wendy a floozy? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Andy checked her ass and was like, that's a pretty big addition to a statement 
to say somebody said that. Like it changes mm-hmm. the whole nature of what the message you're delivering. Exactly. Which even in that though, I was like, um, so Wendy finally hears that hears that Giselle added on to put smoke on it, but she still was mad at Karen. I didn't understand that. Maybe y'all can help me out on why she was still mad. At well, Karen. I mean, I, there's still some smoke there, but I my problem with Wendy overall in this season, and it wasn't that she didn't have a super huge personal storyline because I've rewatched a lot of the old episodes leading up to the part one of the reunion. Like I made it like kind of like a marathon thing throughout the week. And it's the fact that Wendy doesn't take accountability for her piss poor actions when she commits them. You have a problem with how Karen treated you and Karen wanted you out, but you came through the door talking shit about Karen. You came through the door bringing up her marriage. You came through the door bringing up her sex life. You came through the door talking about her her pussy and everything else. You made it very fucking easy for Karen to dislike you. And when she started throwing those daggers back, you crying. You're treating me so mean. Karen doesn't like... I wouldn't like you either. That is true. That is true. I do remember. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, I remember like that was one of our first notes, like when the new season started. We was like, why this girl talking about Karen's vagina like that? Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Uh, well, like you said, Jeremy, I thought this was performative. Jermaine from New York City asked, I even wrote the nigga name down. Nigga name Jermaine. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you, Jermaine, because you got the you got the steam rolling. Um, he asked if the housewives think colorism could be to blame for why Candace and Wendy are always targeted by fans of social media for being aggressive. And all the ladies was lying. And all every the single last one of them. Per- every single the last one was performing because one, Candace is called aggressive because of Candace's antics on social media. And Candace is far worse on social media than Candace is on this show. Way she worse. Is a Way worse. Nightmare on the show. And Andy even said, Candace, you are a nightmare on social media to the point where Candace lost her ability to be verified on Twitter mm-hmm. for using hate speech. Mm-hmm. When she told somebody she wished they kid would die or some shit like that. Like mama was she, like mama mama be out here tweeting like <laughs> mama I mean, is like, Miss Mama's is homophobic, Miss Mama's is transphobic, Miss Mama's is anti-black, Miss Mama's has wished death on people's kids, Miss Miss Mama's has had her account restricted. Like there are listen, Candace be out here verified. Candace be out here tweeting like Vinny used to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And up until recently, up yeah. until when her mama knocked her in the head with the purse. That was yeah. last that was the last reunion. Yeah. So what a year and some change ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little less than that. Yeah. So yeah, you get called aggressive because you carry on aggressive. And somebody said, Well, she's just defending herself. This is the thing. You are I, you, you are on which because somebody was like, Well, people come at her. She just be defending herself. At this point, you are on national TV. You are building an image off of this TV show that you're on. 
you are gaining opportunities, endorsements, and everything else as a cause of you being on this TV show. Your responsibilities evolve when you start to become any form of famous or known. We have these conversations about the likes of Cardi B. We have these conversations about the likes of the city girls and others who get famous and don't delete their old tweets and continue to tweet like they're not famous. Mm. When you have 50, 60, 70, 80, $100,000 followers and your followers is in the six figures and then seven figures, you saying certain things on Twitter incites a large reaction against the person you're saying it to. So wishing death on somebody's child while you are now a public figure, you don't have to be an A-list celebrity to be a public figure. You have I mean, a different response. We don't even have to limit it to just, like take us for example, there is certain shit that we keep to the our, our message because, you know, in the words of because our, our we have Cruz. we have a product to protect. Yeah. And that's the network. There, <laughs> there is some shit we would love to spout off on social media some days. We don't. We're right. protecting the brand. Right. The brand is strong. So, like, anybody with some goddamn sense would be like, nigga, you can't say anything you want to. And also, furthermore, are we watching the same show? Because even on the show and also on social media, nigga, Candace don't be defending herself all the motherfucking time. She be the one attacking. Like, what the fuck? Like, do we not watch the same shit? Like, we, I mean, according to how other people be reacting to the show, we obviously all not watching the same show. Cause I'm just sitting there like, I do, child. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. Jeremy, I'm with you. Mm. Yes. This show. Um, <laughs> Speaking even, of a moment even, where I had to reel some shit back, just did. Even <laughs> no, listen. Even with Wendy, Wendy, you got the tag aggressive because the first fucking argument you had on this show was so fucking uncalled for it was so fucking nasty it was so rude it was aggressive you literally got mad because Ashley bought her fucking baby to a girls weekend and you did not right and you spent the whole night harping about it being mean being nasty yelling getting loud talking about Women like you got to call me Dr. Wendy. Your behavior was aggressive. Calling her a bitch and all types of shit. And don't get me wrong. What the fuck it is? I fucking do not like Ashley. At all. But girl, you was wrong in that situation for no motherfucking reason. It was aggressive. And the thing is, when when you the new kid on the block, people are going to pay extra close attention to your behavior. Yeah. Because Candace got that tag put on her her first season about her mouth. Which still holds true. Hell, her it mouth not, is while we here. It did not start this season or last. Her, She got that tag for her mouth the very first season she was on here. Yeah. Because she was getting into it with Robin and Giselle and Candace. Like, come on, give me a fucking and first, break. And furthermore, since we're talking about how performative it was, because when they got to uh, saying saying uh, the you know aggression about Monique, um, 
Wendy. Wendy. You doing all, you said like, she, Wendy said, I can't remember exactly what it was. She said like one thing I agreed with and then I had to reel myself back. Cause like, she was like, there are other words you can use when uh, describing the uh, aggression of, of darker skinned women. And that was, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to Candace, it's not fair to Monique. But girl, you the same motherfucker that was joining in calling Monique ghetto and aggressive and all that shit after the fight. So is it Uchiwale or one mic, Wendy? Yes or no? Because you damn sure was joining with the light-skinned feral girls calling another dark, another brown-skinned girl ghetto, hood, aggressive, violent, this, that, and the third. So, so, so what is the change now? Exactly. For all them damn degrees and all that. This was setting us back, and this why we. Yeah, like that was you, Wendy. That was you. We can't do this, and we can't do that. Like, come on, ma'am, cut it out. Like all y'all full of shit, performing like fuck, and and then the light skinned bitch is sitting up there talking about. No, we get called aggressive all the time. No, y'all don't. No, the fuck y'all don't. Y'all do not. Nobody has ever called Robin aggressive. Nobody has ever called Giselle aggressive. Nobody has ever called Karen aggressive. Nobody is damn sure called Ashley aggressive. And Ashley is a motherfucker on this show, and it has been since season one. Right, and nobody's ever called y'all aggressive. We've called y'all messy. Y'all called y'all been called bozos. Y'all been called shady. Y'all ain't been called no motherfucking aggressive. And and I can give one strong example where where Ashley should have been tagged as fucking aggressive, and she was not called as such. When the way she stormed and beat down on fucking Katie when they were on uh, yes. the gr- the girls trip last uh, mm. season, mm. she beat yes. down mm. on Katie so bad that Katie fucking left and, because she was starting to have a mental fucking meltdown. Mm. Mm. Girl, fuck y'all. No, we're not gonna act like it's the same. And Wendy, no, you're not gonna act like you're all about colorism because when it's time to sling them ghetto hood rat gutter rat, then all that respectability politics bullshit, you right there front and center, bitch. Exactly, because we saw you do it again. (laughs) What show is we watching? Because y'all can't be watching the same show I am. And this four for four degrees couldn't even come up with a a word similar to aggressive. (laughs) Or <laughs> Girl, you got all the degrees and you still stupid as fuck. <laughs> yes. She ain't no better than people that we interact with on Twitter. Yo, she she really is a little C Elite Education Twitter. Yo, she oh my god, she 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 esquire Twitter. Yep. Yep, she certainly is. Well, at least her foundation matched for the reunion. That's all I got for her. For the first time the whole goddamn season. Finally. For the first time ever. Thank God. Stupid bitch. Um, (laughs) Karen versus Giselle round one. (laughs) <laughs> oh how the, the sound of sweet sweet victory how I love it so 
so mm-hmm. so we get here and and Andy Andy shady too because he took a sneaky way to this to this battle. Andy doubles back to discuss Giselle's lack of style. Um and Giselle says Karen doesn't live in her home. And Karen is like, well, holly fucking Luya. And Karen's saying that Ronald McDonald colors don't work for her. And then Giselle talking about there's no orange in her house. So Karen must need her Geritol to kick in. And Karen finally stepped a mud hole in Giselle's ass and told her, bitch, you are 50. Stop mm. trying to talk to me and use ageism like you are 30 or 40 fucking years old. Girl, we are peers. You are seven years my junior. We are both in the 50 and over club. Miss Mamas. Miss Mams. Stop it. I'm so glad that Karen did that because I was tired of hearing it. I was like, are you for real, Giselle? No, she's not for real, but she believes her bullshit. It's not even seven years. It's like six and a half years or some shit. Yeah. They break the pairs more more, uh, close than she lets on. But this is where shit starts to get hot and heavy, and this is when shit started. My heart started palpitating. I got so excited. Karen brings up that Giselle's makeup line, every hue, has been liquidated. And the the way it it, it punched Giselle in the stomach because Giselle Bryant. Mm. has been disparaging about every business venture Karen has let the girls into since LaDom. Giselle said it smelled like old woman perfume. It don't smell good. It ain't gonna sell nowhere. It wasn't really, it wasn't a real business. It wasn't a real concept. She didn't own it. She did the same thing with the wig line. She did the same thing when Giselle invited her back to her hometown and was talking shit about the farm and where Karen grew up yet at every single thing Giselle has tried to be open and let the girls be a part of Giselle has shitted on it only for your one business venture to close down and then people talking about was because of the pandemic I ain't had no problem getting beauty bakery in a pandemic I ain't had no problem buying Mac in the pandemic I ain't had no makeup, no problem getting makeup in the pandemic. So save that pandemic bullshit for somebody who want to hear it. Every hue was going fucking bankrupt before the pandemic fucking started. It wasn't on nobody's fucking shelves. Where could you buy it? May I also add to your point, friend? Karen stuff is still selling in the pandemic. Continue. Karen shit is selling on Home Shopping Network. Karen shit is being sold in Bloomingdale's. Let me see where else is sold. Y'all carry on. Y'all finish dragging. Go ahead. Go ahead, too. Go ahead. First of all, I mean, when she said it was in Target, I said, what's Target? I (laughs) have to see every human Target. I see everybody else, but I don't see every human Target. So you just saw from the beginning of this reunion how everybody started piling on on her. And like she looked like she had diarrhea. Like she looked. She definitely looked like she had to go boo boo. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad they did and that it, finally. And it's because she had boo boo on her face. Cause like, girl, you, you, we literally, we are not too far removed from her, Robin, and Ashley. Put a pin in that. Um, showing up at her house, had fucking Robin looking like she uh, worked at Little Caesars and shit. We are not too far removed from that. 
So the fact that you have questioned every business money issue that come that either deals with Karen or Ray, and now your shit is in the shit It's what you deserve. Because see, when you do the clownery, the clown comes back to liquidate your shit. When you don't have all your ducks in a row because you're too busy being messy and worrying about somebody that you claim is a friend, backstabbing them, then you go bankrupt because you ain't got your own shit together. Wasn't nobody buying no motherfucking every hue. Didn't nobody give a fuck about that shit. And th- again, this is why... <sighs> Listen, I get it. I understand it. Sometimes we watch these shows and we have... Not necessarily a fave, but somebody we just might like. You know, like take Whitney on um on Salt Lake City. For now, I like Wendy. I mean right. Whitney. She's about the only tolerable one. But if she start being a bozo, guess what? Guess what's gonna happen? I'm not gonna like her no more. So I get it. You you want to like some some people on this show, but my nigga, y'all be watching this shit, and it's just like watching a a parallel fucking reality. When y'all want to defend these these motherfuckers, when they just be caught looking the fuck stupid, nigga, Giselle is caught with her shit not popping, it flopping because don't nobody want to buy that shit. A pandemic ain't got a goddamn thing to do with it, because if it was solid before the pandemic, if the foundation was there before the panoramic, then it wouldn't have crumbled so easily. Yep, karma came to snatch her by her swollen ankles. I love to see it. That's what she deserves. Yeah, LaDon's still selling in Bloomingdale's home shopping network, Facet Fun. Her website is up. Her wig line is up, and them wigs is looking good, child. They looking good. Baby Karen, you must have heard the episode where we talked about them wigs, baby. <laughs> Don't it, reach out to us. Right, reach out to us. Good. She looks good. You as a lame Giselle, a loser. And I'm glad that Karen took an opportunity to, to gut punch and gut check the shit out you because, because you have been, been a, long a time coming. you've been a hater ass bitch for a long time. And that's why you sitting over there in motherfucking tears with your face swole up, bitch, because your thyroid's acting up. Um <laughs> <laughs> Then Karen continued, she continued her all out assault on Giselle. That's a, she brought up the very current rumor in T that Jamal just had another baby with a member of his congregation. And, and Giselle says it's not true. She's like, oh, that's not true. And then Monique steps in, into the ring, the heavyweight champion of the ding, world. Ding, ding. Monique Samuels. She stepped in to take it home. Binder boom. <laughs> I think I like that as a show title. <laughs> <laughs> Color coded binder with everybody's name in it, including hers. Including that was the part hers. that made me laugh, honestly. <laughs> that she had her own name in her own <laughs> Monique took it home around the corner. Around the block, kicked it to the curb, picked it up, and set it in Andy's lap. Beat the fuck up. And Monique asks, why was Jamal telling his girlfriend that it was just reality TV if you and Jamal are back together? Mm. 
And then Andy with his shady ass hit her with the fatal words. Monique, how do you know that? Monique, Monique says, well, shit, I got receipts. Let me go in the binder. Monique whips out that, that document and begins reading text between Jamal and alleged girlfriend, which we all heard, have all seen now in that clip. Monique calls out his girlfriend. I mean, calls out Jamal's number. And Monique says, since Giselle likes to play dirty, I'll go ahead and return it right now. And in that brilliant moment, that exquisite moment, we all, Andy asked the fatal question that sealed Giselle's fate. Is that his number? And in and what can only be described as a, a moment of utter stupidity, Giselle says, in, in, a, in a panic look, because it, it looked like for a split second she wanted to lie but couldn't come up with nothing, mm -hmm. she admits that that is indeed. No, no. Do you say it like her? Yeah, that's his number. That Yes. Yeah, that's his yeah, number. Yeah, that's his number. And Candace replies, well, that's unfortunate. Speaking of which, the, the other brilliance in that moment for me for was us that, is the, go ahead, friend. We on the same page. Cause, cause speaking of which, Candace little pea head ass. While Monique is beautifully dragging Giselle by her goddamn non-existent fragrance, Make her it. little pea head ass try to jump in like, why are we even listening to this bitch? Why are we even listening to this trash? And Monique pays her absolute dust. And keeps on reading literally and figuratively. Mwah! Beautiful. Beautiful. And Monique continues to read and, you know, basically says that while your boyfriend is slinging his big D all around in, in Atlanta, you worried about my family, you bringing up my family, but Pastor Holy Whore doing what the fuck he wanted to do and you sitting in our faces fucking lying about it. She said every fucking season you on this show with a different man behind you on the season. I hope he's sitting behind you tonight. And Karen comes back for the slam dunk and says is Jamal coming? No. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It was like it was like it was like Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron on a fast break dunk. I wanted to talk about this because I don't think people realize the level of disrespect that it could come off to be when you don't have that type of rapport relationship with somebody. Giselle is from the South. Giselle is from New Orleans. Yep. She's from Creole girl. Yep. Chris Samuels, if I'm not mistaken. It's from Alabama. Yeah. Good old, big old Southern Alabama man. Yeah. There's a history behind calling black men boy in the South. Yeah. Historically, that is a form of disrespect. Yes. That white men and white women put on black men to degrade them, to dehumanize them. Would you say to me, boy? Giselle purposely going out of her way to call Chris big boy. 
She knew what she was doing. And I'm very, very tired of y'all playing stupid. Well, he is a big guy. Call him big man. Call him big Chris. Or just shut the fuck up. Call him Chris. Or don't speak on him, period. Because shutting the fuck up is always an option. If you notice, Giselle has never given any other husbands, with the exception of calling uh, Ray Uncle Ben because he's old. But for the most part, she even still calls Ray Ray. Giselle has never given the other husbands disparaging fucking nicknames. She has never called Juan cheating boy or broke boy. She's never called Eddie. She's never, yeah, she's never called Eddie African boy. She's not calling Ray old boy, senior citizen boy. Michael Darby is an assaulter. I don't see her saying, where is, where is assault boy at? Where is rapey boy? She's not calling uh, Candace's husband. Where is deadbeat boy at? The intention in which she calls Chris Samuels everything but Chris Samuels is just that. It's intention. It is meant to be disrespectful. We're talking about two people from the South. Like, come on. Y'all can play in other people's face. Y'all can defend Giselle if you want to. That's on you, but that's disrespect. Right. Because for you to not like Monique in any capacity, you have no reason to even be speaking on her husband. I don't want to, if I don't like you, I don't want to speak on you, let alone your spouse. My thing is, like, I wasn't, like, I'm not saying Candace is wrong. I just wasn't taking it to the level that she was. I just have a, my thing is this, and it's very basic. You can always just shut the fuck up. And Giselle does that. Like, the like it's only two husbands Giselle picks at. And it just so happens that the two husbands she has picked at are also husbands to the wives of who she's picked at. And that is Karen and Monique. She ain't been a... She ain't, she ain't been a bitch to 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 um to Juan. She ain't been a bitch to White Chris. She ain't been a bitch to Eddie. She ain't been a bitch to nobody's husband except Karen's husband and Chris's husband. I mean, and um, Monique's husband. Them the only goddamn she, two. Michael Darby is call, a whole goddamn predator. Yeah, but even then, she don't call Ray Huger boy. Like yeah. there's a there's intention behind that. It's meant to be demeaning. Like, Giselle is a motherfucker, and I'm tired of people acting like she's not. Like, yes, she's a very pretty woman, but inside, she is very rotten. She is very rotten, because I want to um, I wanna bring something up, because um, shout out to Stephanie from Mocha Minutes. Um, she brought up the Cherie situation and the um, Kendall situation when... Giselle was dating Sherman. And here's the thing. If we recall, and sometimes you gotta go back and watch, gotta do your Googles on all the after shit, all the fallout after the effect. Sharice brought Kendall on to film initially. 
because she and Giselle were not friends and she was trying to get under Giselle's skin. Kendall and Monique took a liking to each other and started to hang out and Monique, remember Monique invited her to a charity event she was throwing and Kendall came. To act like Monique committed the ultimate offense against Giselle when Giselle has stated from the very season Monique came on that she did not like Monique. What loyalty did Monique owe Giselle? They were not friends. They have never been friends. They have always been cordial at best because they worked together to film this show. Sharice is a nasty piece of work. And Sharice was doing the same thing to Monique that she did to Giselle. And I need everybody to recognize it. She brought Kendall on to try to hurt Giselle. She was bringing, trying to get Gigi in the mix to hurt Monique. That's it. And Giselle is a whole 50-year-old fucking woman, and so is Sharice. And they, they don't know if they friends or fucking enemies. And Sharice knows she brought that woman. She brought Kendall on because we saw, didn't we see the proof of that two friend? The pictures of uh, Kendall and Giselle hanging out together when Giselle lied and said her and Kendall was never friends. Cordial yeah, like, at wasn't, best. That a, wasn't that a couple of seasons ago? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was the same season when Giselle and Robin crashed the Alzheimer charity event for Karen's parents who had recently passed away or were very, very yeah, sick. Yeah. That was yeah. that season. Yeah, and Karen okay, had, yeah, a, I remember had that. security escort them out. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'm very tired of everyone acting like Monique did something so god awful to, to Giselle. First of all, if we're friend, if we're not friends, I don't have to cultivate my friend and my social circle to please you. You don't give a fuck about me. So what what care and concern do I need to have for you? You was calling me homeless the first episode that I was on the show. I'm a I'm gonna keep it honest. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it as G as I can. All what Candace just said, uh, notwithstanding, nigga, you could just you don't even have to like connect all the pieces to previous uh, seasons. Although although it does provide context, nigga, you could just see with your fucking eyes, my nigga. Like you could just see with your goddamn eyes to see that Giselle is a bitch. Like even, let's just say that Monique, if you want to play in folks' face, let's just say Monique is being trash. Is it not the same type of trash that Giselle and, and her flunky Robin be on since their inception on this motherfucking show? So, like, if anything, exactly. they'll be even. Like, what the fuck are we even talking about here? Like, y'all cannot be... Y'all cannot hate Monique this goddamn much for this one fucking fight. Y'all cannot. It, it, if you want to like Giselle, that's fine. But just listen, just stand up in the fact... Just say, I like Giselle and I, I, I don't care for Monique. Because it has to be something. Because y'all are not this fucking stupid. You can't be. And if you all seek help, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry, because this is fucking ridiculous. What was you going to say to you? I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to cut to you. No, no, I was just agreeing. I was, I was saying that 
yes, people are definitely are hating Monique all simply because of this fight. Where they they was okay with her before up until this fight. That's not even really a fight. I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't. Yeah, that ain't no that ain't no fucking fight. Let's yeah, be honest. It, it was no real, fight. Nigga, real niggas who've been in the fight know that ain't no fucking fight. But that, I digress. <laughs> they call into the fight for the sake of the show, for the fake for the sake of white people world and, and niggas who run their mouth but don't really have the hands to match up with it. But and and if people anybody who been in the real that ain't no fight. That was mm-hmm. tug of war. Yep. That was that was tug of war. And it's it's we getting to the point where I haven't got a point of uh, a thought about that, then we gonna we gonna scooch on over and talk about Jamal's live, his Facebook live reaction to um all that tea that somebody talking about somebody talking about she has stale tea. I don't care if it's iced tea or hot tea, it's tea and it and it added up. The, sure the, the puzzle, the puzzle piece is connected, so it don't matter if the tea was hot or cold. The tea was tea, and I'm showing the fuck didn't know about it. Neither stale all. to you, stale to you, new to me. Hello, um, let's let's have this conversation real quick because I'm tired of people grandstanding about this fight. I consider y'all friends, y'all consider me a friend. We don't always see eye to eye, but never in a million years would we be friends in a public place amongst people that don't really care for either one of us. And I can trust that as my friend, you would not bait me in a public situation the way that Candace baited Monique. It would not get to a point where y'all talking about, well, drag me, Candace, do it. What you gonna drag me, I dare you do it. And I, as your friend, I'm not going to get in a space with you where I want to put my hands on you, period, let alone in a public setting amongst people that don't like us. I say that to say this. By this point in the show, by this point at this tug of war, this push and pull, Monique and Candace were not fucking friends and it's time to fucking admit it because I'm very fucking tired of Candace playing victim. Monique was like my sister. That was my friend. I'm just so hurt. I was around her kids. I was around her family. There, I'm hurt. I can't believe she... That wasn't your friend. She wasn't your friend. Y'all weren't friends because friends don't do that. I don't do that to my friends. I would never put my hands on y'all. And I would damn sure never put my hands on y'all in public in front of some people that I don't fuck with. I would never give them the satisfaction. Mm-mm. And I would never bait y'all. I would never dare y'all to a physical altercation because I don't like something you said or did and not discuss it privately and move from there. I would never do y'all like that because y'all are my friends. Candace and Monique were not friends at this point. And let's just call it what it is. And that is more than likely why Monique felt no remorse because she didn't give a fuck about Candace at this point in the show. And that's why it was so easy for Candace to carry on like that because she didn't give a fuck about Monique's friendship. By this point in the show, she texts she text Monique to tell her she wasn't coming on her podcast. Monique playing sleep when she leaving so she don't have to speak to her. Them barely speaking, barely talking. They weren't friends. And if we being honest, with Candace in her mouth because you know words are just as bad as you physically putting your hands on somebody 
She was coming at a pregnant woman last season when Monique was pregnant with her mouth and antagonizing her then. Yeah, she was. Yeah, so I'm like, where is all of this? Oh, Candace is the victim. She's the innocent person in this situation. She is not. She's not the innocent person in the situation. And even at this first part of the reunion, for somebody to claim that they are uh, they have anxiety, they take anxiety medication. They have PTSD from the situation. She was talking cash shit the entire time. They was both throwing jabs at each other. But if you are physically afraid to be around someone, you're not going to antagonize them in anymore. So her being bopped upside her head by Dorothy and getting her wig pulled by Monique is still not enough for her to know that her words have consequences for her actions. And she just, you just... Like we can call a spade a spade. You just are not Monique's friend, and you haven't been since that last season when she called you out on your shit when you were showing out at that little picnic situation. Just own it, because again, like you said, Tia, extremely good point. I'm pregnant. Y'all gonna challenge me to fight if I call y'all out on being wrong about something? No. Who does that? Not a friend. We can be honest and say that Candace and Monique were more than likely friends for the show. It looked good that they had teamed up against Giselle and Robin and Ashley, um, who they didn't really have relationships with. Because Candace came on the season that Ashley was saying that Monique was a raging alcoholic. Listen, I believe that at one point in time, they were friends, but they are not friends now. And the breakdown in their friendship was Candace not wanting anybody to hold her accountable for the shit that she said. Because Tia made a great point bringing up that uh, situation when Monique was pregnant last season, because let's not forget the break, the the reason that that even happened where Monique was like pregnant and all, I still drag you is because Monique at that point was trying to get Candace to chill because although it is fuck Ashley, Ashley, um, although it is fuck Ashley and it was Kyle coming from inside the house, Candace was wilding about her that season. She was. She was. Mm-hmm. And Monique was trying to do what a friend should do and tell her to chill and relax. And Candace didn't want to hear that shit because Candace runs from accountability. That's yeah. why, shit, even in this reunion, when Andy said, Monique, you, I mean, not uh, Monique, Candace, you are a mess on social media. She's like, I know. That is not somebody that is taking accountability and heeding people telling her that she need to shut the fuck up. That is somebody reveling and standing up in the fact that they know that they are a fucking mess. They know that they talk shit. They know that they say shit that will make somebody want to goddamn hit them. And when that actually does happen, then she'll put a crime for 84 goddamn years. And I'm sick of you motherfuckers on the internet playing stupid in my goddamn face. Caper for this bitch. Yes. Let's pull up right here, Jeremy. Yes. I am sick of it. I am sick of all this goddamn grandstand about this silly ass fight that wasn't even a goddamn fight between two people who wasn't even friends at that motherfucking point. I am a simple ass nigga. I am from the school of talk shit, get hit. I have talked shit and gotten hit for it, and I have laid a motherfucker out for enticing, antagonizing me when I told him to chill. Now, God damn it, I'm sick of this performing ass shit. I don't know who been performing worse. These heifers on Potomac or y'all on the goddamn internet? On the internet. And if we want to be real, for somebody like Candace who don't have hands to back it up, if you use your words to fight, why wasn't you 
coming at Monique with your words. You know you can't fight. You use your mouth any other time when you're on social media thumb thugging. Why weren't you using your words? Mm. Especially because, I mean, I mean, at this point, I might be alone in this, but I think that there were some truth to the rumors about the trainer, just the trainer. But if Candace has all that mouth that she claims that she has, I would have been coming at Monique like that. And also, you missed the opportunity to uh, endorse that wig glue you used because that wig stayed in place, honey. And then shift to the left or to the right. It stayed in place. <laughs> it got cool. So that's what I'm saying. Okay, so y'all saying, okay, well, the whole franchise of Housewives is about shading and reading people. So if that's Candace's strong suit, why does she have to cry every five minutes Ooh, after? Come on, Tia. Cool. Like, let's be real. And I, like, <laughs> it just frustrated me so much to see people just totally forgetting this, totally have revisionist history. Like, y'all cannot be for real. Just say you never liked Monique. Just say that. Let, I would let, appreciate that. Monique. I would appreciate it and y'all stand up and it's just, I just don't like the bitch. That's it. I would respect that a lot more than y'all playing in my fucking face about this fucking fight. I really would. Because listen, sometimes you just don't like somebody and no matter what they do, you never going to agree with them. I get it. I hate James Harden with a passion. I ain't never going to like that nigga. I don't give a damn if that nigga said the sky was blue. I would be like, but it's orange though. Some people, you just like that, but I stand up in that. I stand up in the fact that I don't like James Harden and whatever he says, I'm going to be against it because fuck that nigga. I stand up in it. Stand up in the fact that y'all just don't like Monique and never have because this shit is stupid. It's stupid, it's silly, and y'all are lying to y'all are lying to yourselves and to us. And that's fine if you want to lie to yourself, but leave me the fuck out of it. Cause this shit is stupid. Uh, ain't y'all the same listen, <clears throat> ain't y'all some of the same motherfuckers that be begging for Phaedra to come goddamn back? Now you got Monique up here reading like Phaedra, and now y'all mad. I... Mm, let's talk about it. Y'all be full of shit. <laughs> like, listen, listen. On this show, listen, we have all people that we like and stuff, but we at least try to be fair as Very best as we can be. We try to be fair and unbiased as best as we can be. And I Because we even that. said, like, nigga, I am from the school of talk shit get hit, but would I have liked Monique to show some restraint in that moment because it really wasn't worth it? Absolutely. But I'm also not going to condemn her for, for, for trying to drag somebody that was literally enticing and asking her to drag her. And speaking of mm -hmm. dragging... Since we're going to speak about Dragon, let's bring up the situation on the Housewives of Atlanta. At that reunion, when Portia and Kenya got into an altercation verbally, and Kenya was antagonizing Portia, and Portia dragged her by her hair, were y'all calling for Portia to get fired from off of the franchise? Were y'all saying that she was this terrible, horrible person and she needs to apologize to Kenya, or did y'all feel like Kenya deserved it because of her mouth and mm. her position? Mm. Mm. Cause I know to this day I see y'all say that Kenya deserved that dragon, which she did. So what? So what? What done happened to the rules? What is the truth? What is the truth? The truth is y'all just full of shit, and you ain't like Monique, and you ain't never have, which is fine. But just own that shit, cause okay. all this performing and carrying on y'all doing is fucking stupid. Speaking of performing and carrying on, let's get to Jamal's ass, nigga. You stupid motherfucker. You got on Facebook Live to say a whole bunch of nothing just to just to basically verify what the fuck Monique was saying in the goddamn binder. You came with a binder of yourself and I ain't said a goddamn thing. And why was y'all on Twitter hyping that up like he said something just so goddamn shocking and on? Right. Help me he figure out this shit. 
Y'all, y'all dislike Monique that bad that y'all willing to be total fucking losers when it comes to certain shit. Because let's get to the root of it. He tried to mock Monique by having a binder. Ain't opened the binder once because any receipts he had in there would have incriminated his own fool last self. He incriminated himself even without it. But go ahead, friend. The tea that he had, that he had on Chris Samuels was that Chris Samuels' teammate came to him and told him that Chris Samuels got CTE and that he yelled at a lady in the grocery store before. Chris motherfucking Samuels talking chopped and fucking screwed. It's not a single fucking soul alive that ain't seen Chris Samuels on that goddamn TV or Monique's IG Live and thought to themselves, this motherfucker ain't never took no head damage from all them years of playing football. He talking braille. He talking braille. <laughs> he so- talks slow than the motherfucker. We know the motherfucker could possibly have CTE, but what makes you saying it so stupid is that CTE cannot be actually diagnosed unless a person has passed away. Yes. Also, nigga, who in the mother of fuck believes that Chris Samuels' ex-teammate came to Jamal fucking Bryant, who he don't know from a can of fucking paint, to, to tell him that Chris might have CTE? Boy, if you don't stop playing in my fucking face, and the fact that y'all was going up for this shit, the fact that y'all was going up for this shit when it was like people that's right, literally like here in Atlanta, was commenting on and saying like, this nigga is a... Bu-. It was somebody that literally sat in this nigga's um, church and I, uh, congregation, because I think I saved the tweet or whatever, was like, nigga, you was just flirting with me like two Sundays ago. And this is the nigga yeah, that y'all was, going I up saw, for. I saw multiple tweets of women being like, uh yeah, he I definitely used to text with him. Then we got tea from somebody who belonged to one of his previous churches, um, up there in Maryland or DC or whatever, basically saying that um it was a big scandal in the church when Jamal Bryant got caught screwing two teenagers in the church. Mm. Like all of that has happened before. You have got to let me tell you, love y'all dearly. But there is never any reason to go up for a man who has an affinity for harming underage girls. Because I tell you, most men do not wait till a girl turns 18 to start trying to mess with them. They typically begin messing with them underage. Grooming. Yes. Y'all just don't understand. It just disappointed me. They really going out for this ugly man. He is probably the ugliest man of Kappa Alpha Psi I've ever seen in my life. And people want to have babies with him. They want to sleep with him. Y'all really thought that that live was going to do something. They ain't do nothing but confirm what Monique had as receipts. That's all that did. And further made Giselle look even more stupid for this man. That's all because the thing is, and I said this on Twitter, the Jamal ain't say shit because nigga, it's even one of two things. Either you, um, either you did have a relationship with this woman while you was with Giselle and Giselle didn't know about it, or you was cheating on Giselle while y'all you was trying to get your family back together. Nigga, it's literally even one of the two. Either you were single. And you had a girlfriend and you also had Giselle, but Giselle just didn't know about it, you know, and she couldn't check you because again, you single or 
you was talking to this woman while you was trying to also get your family back together. Nigga, it's literally one of the two. It's no in-between. So yeah. either way, you look bad and stupid. He said single people do single things. And right. Because nigga, exactly, Tia, because nigga, the point of contention is you saying single people are doing single things, but nigga, the point of contention is you supposed to be with Giselle. That's why we here, nigga. So either, again, you were single and doing your own thing, but Giselle was the last to know, which is bad, or you was trying to get your family back with Giselle, but also had this woman and prop and multiple other girls on the side being single while you in a relationship, which is also bad. Nigga, it literally is one of the two. It can't be both. And the fact that y'all was up here acting like this nigga said something profound when he literally was just further incriminating himself. I, I need, listen. I want y'all to leave me alone if this is the type of shit y'all on. I want y'all to leave me alone. I, I want y'all to go outside and get some air with a mask. But go outside and get some air because y'all can't be this damn. Quarantine has made y'all stupid. Unreasonable. Cause y'all can't, y'all cannot be going up for Jamal fucking Bryant. You can't be, you, you cannot be going up for Jamal fucking Bryant. And, and like this nigga just, oh, he dragged Monique. How? How? Please explain. Please clarify. Y'all cannot Please hate Monique this much for this Please fucking let fight. us know. Y'all cannot. Y'all cannot hate Monique. D listen, I, what? Please. I need y'all to get a grip. I, I really need y'all to get a grip. Because this, Please sh tell this us. shit is stupid. This shit is fucking stupid. Please make clear. Need to know. I am confusion. Please explain. This is stupid. Y'all are being stupid over Giselle and Jamal fucking Bryant. This nigga talking about, this nigga talking about, you know, regardless of what you see on TV, my girls and I have a very close relationship. Nigga, your girls hate your guts because of what you did today, mama. Hey, and clearly y'all ain't going to therapy about that shit, which y'all need to do. Because I think, Ken, Ken, you said that like earlier, and I agree yeah. with you, even though it's fucking all. They, they absolutely need therapy because they can feel, I think they are well within their right to feel a way about how, about how they, he treated their mom. I think that's valid. But I do not think it's healthy to carry that, which they probably will for like the rest of their life unless they go to therapy about it. At all. I don't think it's healthy. What you should be doing instead of getting on live, Jamal, with your fake sassy ass, is going to fucking therapy with your daughter. Because, nigga, listen, they, listen, adults can play stupid, kids can't. They can't hide what, listen, them girls hate your guts. You can see it in their face. You can tell it in their eyes. They hate your existence, nigga, because of how you did their mama. How you continue to do their mama, having her out here looking the fuck stupid. Yep. But I need y'all to get a grip. I need y'all to let go of whatever anger or whatever bullshit y'all got against Monique because y'all are not making sense. Nigga, we, we see this shit with our own eyes of this shit not making a lick of goddamn sense, this shit being stupid. And and, and let's, again, I will reiterate and then we'll get out of here because we've been going for on, on for a long time. Nigga, even if you want to say, well, Monique is just being petty and shit. Nigga, so is fucking Giselle. 
Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, the motherfucker who has literally made it her role to be a villain and messy in everybody's goddamn business is finally getting tables turned on her, and y'all like, oh, no, stop. Are you fucking kidding me? I thought y'all like when villains got their just desserts. Now they get them, and it's like, oh, no, 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 we got to No, 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 I don't like it because there's no need. Girl, what the fuck? Y'all need to leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm tired. Y'all need to leave me the hell alone. Happy <laughs> holidays and go to go to hell, Giselle. Okay. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you, Tia, for having us on. You can catch Tia on as one half of your co-host on Love Drought Podcast, one third of your co-host on the Insecure Experience. If you're subscribed to the Patreon, and please subscribe to the Patreon. She is my co-host of The Wind Down. Happy holidays. Be safe. Stay in the house. Wear a mask. Um, wash your hands. You know, all that good stuff. And we're going to see y'all back next week to discuss part two of the reunion. Peace, fingers. <laughs>